This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Hill and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Isabel Hartman. Now, Katie, you write on Coffee House today that Rishi Sunak goes into the week on the defensive over legal migration. Tell us where we stand at the beginning of Monday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably fair to say he goes into the defensive on legal migration and illegal <laughs> migration. It's just I limited myself to one aspect today for a four-paragraph blog. But uh, I think if we're thinking about the problems that Rishi Sunak is facing at the moment, I think probably the most contentious policy area is related to the Home Office and legal and illegal migration. And the autumn statement last week, I think, has actually landed pretty well with Tory MPs to the point that, I mean, the complaint is this is not a game changer. We're still 20 points behind the polls. Even if there was one poll suggesting, for example, there's potentially a four-point bounce other polls, you know, you can pick your pollster. But what I mean is it definitely hasn't made the situation worse, the autumn statement. And that's, you know, not always a given for the government. And I think just... Even taking stealth taxes into account, the fact that Richard can now say he is on you know, a pathway to cutting tax and you know, a focus on workers has cheered parts of the Tory party. But the problem is that small amount of cheer does not make up for two big questions in terms of legal migration. The figures last week show, showing a net high when it comes to 2022. And then, of course, what's happening on small boats. And I think these are the two areas where Rishi Sunak is now under pressure to say things. So James Cleverley is having his first Home Office questions this afternoon since he became Home Secretary. And we're not expecting, you know, a firm, here are complete new policies of things we're going to do. But I think given the numbers are as high as they are, you have a situation whereby it's not just backbenchers. You know, there's a conveniently timed Telegraph splash today. Um, the, t- the paper has got hold of Suella Braverman's so-called secret pact, which is what Suella Braverman alleged in her letter after she was sacked, was, you know, things that Rishi had agreed to in return for her supporting him during the leadership campaign. Mm-hmm. And the angle they are going on today is that she says that Rishi had agreed to raise the threshold for skilled workers coming to the UK from 26,000 to 40,000. Now, her supporters add that he didn't actually sign an agreement on this, but they said it was verbally agreed. Number 10, of course, saying, you know, Rishi said it had lots of discussions with lots of people. But I think the issue is much bigger than just Suella Braverman in the sense that you also have Robert Jenner, currently in government, Home Office Minister, who has his five-point plan, mm. about to five-point plans, and that has been pretty public, even though that's not a set policy document. That is uh, a senior minister in the Home Office coming up with their plan, and there is an active debate about how far to go when it comes to some of those measures, such as potentially axing dependence for those you know in the so- social care sector. You also have Kemi Baden knock out in the morning round saying that she is ready to go as tough as possible, and she wants the toughest measures when it comes down to bringing down legal migration. Now, Rishi Sunak himself has said, very much said, let's be clear, the numbers are too high. And therefore, I think it's a bit tricky to judge whether Kemi Badenoch is trying to be 
very supportive when she said she wants the toughest measures or it is adding to that group of pressure but certainly her comments along with the ideas being put forward by Robert Jenrick have been welcomed by the right of the party you have Rishi Sunak this morning though at the investment summit they have held at Hampton Palace and he's been talking about how their visa program means that they're very attractive to businesses coming to the UK which does not feel and obviously there are nuances but I think it means you know that is not exactly the same messaging as what some of the MPs on the right are saying so pressure to set out some things they would want to do on minimum thresholds and so forth but as ever you get back to the balancing act the prime minister has to do on the needs of the economy and potentially economic shocks where you to bring in some of these measures quite quickly versus what not just the right of the party but quite a lot of noisy ministers in his government now want him to do as well, I've, I've got to ask, obviously migration is a huge issue, particularly for the Tory right. It's something going on the issue of political salience. That being said, we're now in an election year where the economy is expected to take centre stage, cost of living, public services, etc. Are we likely to see much action on this in terms of political debate and, and numbers really coming down fast? Or is it that we're likely to see a small decrease, given that actually we're going to be having a year dominated by an election where basically it's all about the economy? Yeah, I mean, Rishi Sunak had hoped that this week would be all about the economy and that this autumn statement would be one of those fiscal events that moves the dial, which is something he's been looking for repeatedly over the past few months. And almost as soon as the Chancellor sat down after the autumn statement, the debate changed from the tax cuts that Tory MPs have been asking for for months to uh, the record-breaking net migration figures. So, it, you know, I'd say that the autumn statement probably overall landed as well as Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak could have hoped for, but it was com- completely superseded by um, this thing that always lights the blue touch paper for the Conservative Party. And there is an appetite within the party to try to, you know, use the immigration bait- debate to make things uncomfortable for Labour because... When you look at the polling, you know, the, the voters don't really trust anyone to fix either illegal migration or um, legal migration, but they tend to trust the Conservatives a little bit more than Labour. So, I mean, the Conservatives tie themselves up in knots, but they don't end up on the same level of, I suppose, you know, Labour will knit itself uh, into a mess over immigration. There, there is a temptation among some Conservatives to weaponise it and use it against Labour, but they can't because... There's nothing for them to weaponise. It's only their own sort of failure, basically. And the only thing they can say in response to Labour is, well, what would you do? And that allows Yvette Cooper really to have, I'd say, quite an easy, uh, quite an easy route into attacking the Conservatives because all she needs to say is, well, we'd do this better than you do, uh, which isn't a policy and it's not particularly compelling or impressive. But it also allows them, as a Labour party, to completely dodge the the topic. So this is this is not something that would benefit either party to dominate the news agenda, but it's not something that they have that much control over, whether it's legal or illegal migration, because in the next few months, you know, you'll see a drop in channel crossings over the winter. But if we have a spring election or indeed if we have a, an autumn election, you'll still have relatively calm seas and boats coming over and the ongoing Rwanda fights and we're obviously scrutinizing James Cleverley's language very carefully today to see how much he as as the new home secretary is actually committed to the Rwanda policy that he previously described using a word I will not repeat on a family podcast um you, you know that there are tensions in government not just about whether that policy is you know important but also about the 
morality, I suppose, some of the more centrist conservatives w- would see the approach that might be taken by uh, Sunak to, to try to get planes going to Rwanda. Yeah, I think the fact that it was interesting over the weekend, the Labour were pressed in terms of, well, where do you think legal migration should sit at? And they said, you know, Darren Jones just to try and get down to a couple of hundred thousand. You think back to the Cameron pledge, you know, tens of thousands. The fact that Labour can say they would like to get it down to a couple of hundred thousand and that, you know, if you, if you, I think if you would have predicted about five years ago that'd be Labour's policy. But I said, well, that's not going to poll well. That, you know, that is going to cause a row. Mm-hmm. But just shows you because things are so high as they are, it means that they are in a bit of a more comfortable place as to Isabel points and what they say. I think when it comes to, I suppose, the second part, which is small boats, Labour and the Tories, it is, you know, a key voter concern. So clearly it's going to dominate the next election to a degree, even if you argue the economy probably will be the, the most important issue. It's going to be something which both parties have to think about. And on boats, I think that we're now in a situation where Rishida has promised that plan B, but we're not expecting much movement this week in terms of the two aspects of it. So the first is, of course, the treaty with Rwanda, that I think probably next week at earliest, uh, where James Cleverly, I would suspect, will fly to Rwanda to try and sign it. But... Interestingly, it's not just about Tories fighting one another or what Labour is saying. There's also reports that there are some concerns in Rwanda about some of the things that, uh, you know, Richie Sinek wants to sign them up to as part of this treaty. So that isn't done yet. But then the more contentious part is this emergency legislation they want to bring in. Now, the ambition is still to do it before Christmas, but it's much less specific on timings. And you get back to another internal government debate, which is about how far to go. Do you disapply parts of the Human Rights Act? Because you think that means that domestic courts are more likely to, you know, not be able to challenge it and to, to go along with the Rwanda scheme. If you do you potentially risk a commons rebellion with parts of the Tory party. I also think there'll be some figures in cabinet who could take issue depending on if if they think, for example, the legislation is just not well thought through. But then on the other side of it, and I think number 10 is in quite, is right now in quite bullish mode in the sense almost the full fat version. So probably pushing it into a way some of the one nation Tories would not like. But if they do do that, it's not just the commons rebellion. It's can you get it through the house of Lords? If you can't get through the house of Lords, then it's really meeting its purpose um so it's just another area where i think a bit like legal migration when you try and find this third way uh this middle ground you're you are unlikely to upset one side of the party but i also think it's about do you push it to such a point that then you cannot even make it practical and i think that's probably the bigger problem actually when it rather than winning around mps right now thank you katie thank you isabel and thank you for listening to coffee house shots